Every time I watch a Christian have a Seder, I swear to you, it's like when you get your kids a really expensive Christmas present and then you watch them play with the box. <laughs> no, no, you've got communion right there. Yeah, but how awesome would it be if we made matzo balls? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen you in six months. Why'd you come? Well, for the Seder meal, of course. <laughs> Gotta get me some bitter herbs. <laughs> For the Seder, there's five cups of wine. You only give me that little thimble. Exactly. <laughs> I've never done a Seder. I don't think I ever I've will. Done, uh, well, Jew, um, we did it as a family until uh, it, it fell on my uncle's birthday, and um, he skipped it to go to a rib joint. <laughs> we didn't have it as a, a, a family ever again. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we we never did. Um, my dad was just there, like poking at it the whole time, um, just making making jokes. And I was like, "Why is this night different from all other nights?" <laughs> it just feels different, though. <laughs> That's great. To a rib joint. Did you have to eat the Seder or did you have to go, did you get to go to the rib? Yeah, I ate the Seder. I didn't get to go to the rib joint. Only he went to the rib joint. The whole family was there, but my uncle. So we all got to do <laughs> that. We back, internet. That's mm, nah, a bad start. Yeah, no, we, well, it was, <laughs> season one was a bad start, but, but here we are. Um, I, I heard rumors that we weren't going to, to come back, but we back. Yeah. Yeah, rumors. What are you going to do? They're always going to be around. So I'm Pastor Goodman uh, from Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, San Antonio, Texas. I'm the associate pastor there. And joining me this day is uh, none other than... None other than Pastor Eli. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, Wheat Ridge Lutheran. Wheat Ridge Evangelical Lutheran Church in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. I got to put the evangelical on there. I think that's the official word. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, oddly enough, this is our second attempt at season two. Uh, we we put uh, we put two episodes in the bank uh, about something else, uh, and they were yeah, we put them in the dumpster, not the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, not the bank at all. They were bad. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe we'll try and uh, dig dig that dumpster fire out uh, in in season three and see if we can salvage it. But we're starting again, uh, and we're starting with a whole new topic. So. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll be good. I suppose. Yeah. So, are you saying then yeah. that um, season three is going to be called Dumpster Diving with Walter? <laughs> Dumpster Diving with Walter. Yes. Uh, so let it be said. So let it be All done. Right, that's something to look forward to, people. But for right now, season two of the Uncultured Saints, uh, we're going to be tackling the parables of our Lord, uh, which which are uh, an important topic and a topic that we hear everywhere. And because we hear it everywhere, it means most of the time we hear it, we hear it wrong. So we thought we'd take a crack at it. We're still going to say it wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> no, hopefully not. That's the spirit. Why you got to make everything weird, Harrison? Weird is as weird does. Been making things weird for like 35 years. That's a good That's a good 90s reference right there. I can't believe I haven't brought up good old Bubba Gump. See, I'm the first one to make a 90s reference, so season two is going to be... Uh, <coughs> dumps, more of a dumpster, dumpster fire than season three. 
<laughs> I do have one suggestion. Um, I, I threw it out there um, it, well, while we were uh, uh, not recording quite yet, but I'm still going to bring it up again. I, I still think that in season two, uh, we should stick with 90s references, but maybe just like switch up the century. I mean, I would love to hear you make 1890s references all season long. I don't have any of those references. Well, the internet's a wonderful place, Pastor. I, I feel like... I'm not, I'm not a, a steampunk nerd. A steampunk nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We lost another, another yeah, listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is it? Hold no. Time out. What is it about steampunk? I don't get it. Why? It's, it's I mean, fancy. Is it... it <sighs> Okay, so is it is it just like uh, when we were uh, when we were kids and everybody was a goth? I think it's like that mixed with like you know how transformers are cool because they do stuff, um, and, and yeah. so like it's just over dramatic. Um, watch this one thing do weird mechanical stuff and do other things. I don't know. I've, I've, okay, but then, but there's a whole dress oh, to, to them, and I don't get I it. Know. Like like the monocles, right. and and I don't get it. Uh, I don't care. Do they have like uh do they have their own uh, store like like we did? Hot Topic. Etsy? I don't know. <laughs> how, is, how is Hot Topic still around? <laughs> Who's a goth anymore? Anybody? Maybe it's just like Gen Xers <clears throat> holding on to it. <clears throat> it's probably what it is. A bunch of forty year olds going into Hot Topic because they don't know how to work the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that everything that we just said is wrong. <laughs> Keep it. Uh, yeah, can we do parables yet? <laughs> We're sure, in danger of losing our other listener. Uh, we'll be at negative no, one not. listeners. I don't know how that's Never. possible. Never. But, <clears throat> Never. So... We, we got a strong core. All right, so when Jesus gives parables, um, most of the time, uh, people want to take them sort of like we take all of the old fables. Uh, we, we take them like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. We, we take them like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood. We take them like all of these stories that we told to children. Um, and then we try to figure out how to behave in them. But Jesus says this isn't actually to make things easier to understand. It's to make things harder to understand. And he, he gives a, a, a little spiel, because uh, Jesus does spiels, um, in the middle of uh, telling a parable uh, of the sower and the seed and so i'd like to maybe grab this text and then we'll just poke at parables for a little while and, and see where this leads us what do you think sure did did my use of the word spiel silence you <laughs> well yeah no okay i'm good i like spiel right, so i'm picking up at uh, matthew chapter 13 beginning at verse 10 uh we're reading the english standard version for for what that's worth uh then the disciples came and said to jesus why do you speak to them in parables and he answered them to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. It says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. <clears throat> that was some good reading right there. 
So every every uh, episode, just just for our, our listeners, we're, I think we're going to do this. We did do this last last season, and because I guess we probably couldn't, but we're we're going to in some way, shape, or form start every single uh, uh, episode with reading the parable or reading that section. It's important, I guess, because it's the word of God and all. So we should probably have the exact words uh, down there. Um, but I encourage I encourage you as well. Uh, you know, this isn't live, so you you have the opportunity at home to 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 pull out your cell phones and and get to uh, your Bible on there, or actually pull out a real book. Uh, 90s Bible reference and uh, and 90s reference pages. Uh, and uh, and and flip to that. Um, but I encourage you to do that. That way, uh, when we're referencing it, if if you're not driving, or even if nope, you are, nope, uh, you can you you can look at you can look at this. Die. So, <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Okay. So uh, so with like I said, with these parables, we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of work through them, uh, struggling with uh, with the word of God. So so having access to that to that uh, word right in front of you might might be beneficial otherwise just listen to us and we'll try and uh we'll try and be explicit as possible and, and make sure that we're not losing anybody and and calling out the verses that we're talking about at least we'll try that in in the first episode we'll forget all about it later on that seems like so this, yeah it does okay uh so go you said uh yeah go for it purpose it, of the it's, parables it's what are we doing what we would expect to hear uh first of all because it sounds like jesus doesn't want people to understand what he's saying. And it sounds like uh, Jesus doesn't give parables uh, as sort of nursery rhymes for kids. Well, okay, so let's stop there before we, we run down that road because, I mean, that's exactly what this is this is all yeah, about. we want to get there. Okay. We wouldn't. We want to we wanna slowly drag this out. No, but there's some serious things that, that we should discuss here. And and the, the, the problem is uh, we... We need to understand what parables aren't. And the natural inclination that we all have, um, and you've probably had this uh, taught to you, maybe preached to you, maybe when you're reading uh, scripture by yourself and you're, you're reading through a parable and you're, and you're working through it, uh, the natural inclination certainly can find something pretty easy. Uh, to grab onto, and it's usually, if not always, uh, a moralistic or ethical uh, guideline that you've got to do. So, uh, in that way, like Pastor Goodman was saying, they sound like it, though, right? Because, like, you have there's there was a man farming in a field, and he did some stuff, and then some stuff went right, and some stuff went wrong. And here's what you can learn from it. It could easily, yeah, it could easily be an Aesop's fable with a mouse pulling the thorn out of the lion's paw, and all of this sort of stuff. And, and initially, that's how we want to hear. It. We want to hear uh, this this ethical moral thing. The problem is. Even though that makes sense, and I know that uh, Pastor Goodman's going to uh, say that it doesn't, but stick with me here. Mm-hmm. Even though that makes sense to us, uh, because it does, we're, we're trying to uh, we're trying to figure out these parables, and we just think that they're analogies or metaphors or fables or whatever the case may be, children's stories, uh, uh, heavenly stories with an earthly meaning, sort of stuff. Oh wait, it's the opposite of that, right? Earthly stories with a heavenly meaning, all that sort of stuff. We're trying to figure this out, and so we're looking for the ethics and we're looking for the morals in it, and that makes sense. The problem is, uh, I don't know if there's a single parable where if we're true to ourselves uh at the end it's gonna make sense even ethically or morally right because some weird some weird things happen 
Yeah. But there's even a, a more clear approach to this, just right out of Jesus' mouth right here. He says that the parables um, contain the secrets to the kingdom of heaven, that Jesus would explain the secrets of the kingdom of heaven uh, to the disciples, but they're, they're spoken in parables to, to sort of mask them, which means if you're going to actually understand a parable, if you're going to actually be able to pull it apart and wrestle with it and, and find the mystery within it, you're going to understand the kingdom of heaven. But you're not going to be able to do that by your behavior. Because that's the law. By works of the law, no one will be declared righteous. And so if all you want to do in, inside of the parables is figure out how to behave or what to do or, or, or find, you know, the moralism inside of it, you will not understand the kingdom of heaven because you're not going to get to the kingdom of heaven by the law. You need the gospel. And so inside of every single parable, you got to find Jesus, right? Well, yeah, and hopefully Jesus isn't the one that uh, that we're working towards to, to no, capture. No, he's not the object. Right? He's the I, Exactly. Uh, we'll He's the that, subject. Uh, as we start to wrestle with the parables. But that's why I'm, I, I firmly believe you will not actually understand a parable until you see Jesus in it. Um, this is our, our, our Lord's own words. Um, you'll, you'll hear, but you won't understand. You'll, you'll see, but you won't perceive. And so you'll grab hold of the parables and you'll say, oh, this seems like an all right way to behave uh, or, you know, a, a story I can tell to little children so that they'll perfectly understand Jesus. But when you actually leave out Jesus. No, not even Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, how, how did it? And it, it sounds like we're kind of rambling all over the place because we're, we're not going to get into a specific parable uh, on this episode. We're going to jump into the parable of the sower uh, uh, in, in the next episode. Uh, so this this little section that we just read is smack dab in the middle of the parable of the sower. So Jesus tells the parable, uh, confuses everybody, including his disciples, then explains what parables are all about and the purpose. And then uh, he goes and explains the parable. I don't know if he explains the parable completely, uh, uh, perfectly either. Uh, but maybe that's the maybe that's the mystery of the gospel there. Um, well, yeah, because I'm uh, I'm already diving into heresy. So, <laughs> but the thing is, when we're looking at all of these different parables, and we're we're going to try and tackle what fourteen of them. I mean, that's a lot, and 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 a lot of them. They're just complete and utter mysteries, uh, just right off the bat. Like the parable of the dishonest manager. That's just you read that thing and and you don't understand it at all. You can't even you can't even moralize it. Uh, other ones are really easy to moralize, right? Because the dishonest manager, you got the dishonest manager who's being dishonest, and then at the end he's commended, and you're like, I would never teach my kid to cheat and in order to get ahead, but that's what happens in that one. But then you've got uh, then you got the good Samaritan. And of course you want your kid to be like the Good Samaritan. And you and you want to be like the Good Samaritan, helping everybody in need, right? So some of these are going to be maybe easier uh, than others to, to kind of dissect. Although they're all mysteries because they're all the gospel. They're all about Jesus and we got to figure that out. And Jesus and his gospel just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you used this word uh, when you were talking that, that really caught my ear, mystery. Um, and it's one of those words that we hear a lot, but we misuse most of the time. Uh, because there's a difference between a secret and a mystery. Um, a mystery is uh, not the sort of uh, book where you try and figure out who the actual murder is. Uh, the difference between a secret and a mystery is once you know a secret, it's not a secret anymore. But once you know a mystery, it becomes even more profound. So the, the mystery novel... Ex explain mystery that. Novel. How, how, how does that if work? I, if I tell you who killed uh, Colonel Mustard in the dining room, uh, you don't want to read the book anymore. It's, huh? a it's a board game. 
there, there's a there's a series of novels based on it. I'm sure um, people will do a lot of stuff to make money. Um, once you know how the book ends, you don't need to reread it. In fact, if I ruin the book for you, you'll throw it at me because I, I, well, you don't have anything left to take from it anymore. Once you hear a secret, it's not a secret anymore, but a mystery. The more you think about it, the more there is to find within it. And this is where we actually start to see um, beauty in, inside of God's word, that he would give us the parables as mysteries so that you can fully understand it. But the more you think about it, well, the more profound it becomes. Let's, uh, for example, the sacraments are called um, mysteries. In fact, the, the word sacrament um, in Greek is, is mysterion. It, it's a Greek word that, that means mystery. So I, I can perfectly understand that the bread and wine are Jesus' body and blood because the words of institution were spoken by the pastor. But the more I think about it, the more profound it becomes. Um, it's not a secret. The mystery is actually meant to be proclaimed so that um, it, it would give you something to chew on, something to wrestle with. The secret, just once you know it, you're done. Okay. No, I like I like where you where you went with that. Um, the thing also about the mysteries then uh, is, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm I'm playing with your your secret and your mystery thing, and, and this won't work. But uh, we had uh, <laughs> the 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 Mount of Transfiguration, right? We 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 both kind of. Uh, celebrated transfiguration you're in that crazy one year so that's a couple years ago or weeks ago with you but uh just last week for me it was the mount of uh, transfiguration and right before that in matthew's text right that's matthew 17 uh and they climb up on the mountain and jesus uh peter doesn't understand what's going on he says tis good lord to be here and it's not, it's not. I, it's, go 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 down go down the mountain that's where it's it's good because jesus goes to the cross but in 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 uh, chapter sixteen of Matthew, you've got uh, Matthew asking the disciples, uh, "Who do people say that I am?" Oh, people say that uh, you're Jeremiah or Elijah or, or the one to come, right? Uh, okay, fine, but who do you say that I am? And and what does Peter say? Peter says, "You're the Christ, the the Son of the Living God." He has the right answer, right? He's got the right answer. He says the right words. And in fact, in Matthew's gospel, that's that's the big commendation from Jesus. Good job, Peter, right? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, upon this, uh, this confession. I'm going to build my church. Uh, and then right after that, uh, Jesus calls Peter Satan. <laughs> because Jesus starts talking about his... No, he start, Jesus then, for the first time in that gospel, starts talking about... His death, passion, resurrection. And Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, hey, uh, certainly not. That's, that's a ne bad idea. That's never going to happen to you. I'm bad at Yeah, fishing, don't do that. How to run the universe. <laughs> and, he gets, and he gets rebuked. And then, and then Peter gets called Satan. My point in all of this is also you can have the right answer. Uh, but the mystery is still going to be mysterious and very well might be it well in the way that like you said uh i i can i can understand uh the things of the trinity and i can say the athanasian creed i don't get it yeah, i don't it's, it's i i don't understand it is mis yes it's mysterious like love it is a mystery um, that, that, that people would sacrifice for one another. You can understand it, but the more I think about the fact that my wife loves me, the more profound it becomes. It's crazy. It is. Um, so when we grab parables um, and we recognize that this is to display a mystery, uh, of all of the parables, they, they describe the kingdom of God in action. 
there, there's a, a doing of the kingdom of God. And so if the kingdom of God is, is at hand, well, that's because Jesus is there. If the kingdom of God is, is um, being brought to you, it's because Jesus is going to the cross, dying and rising for you. If the parables are, are here to actually point you to, to Jesus, well, then whenever you, you deal with one, it's going to have more or less four pretty simple rules. Um, when, when we talk about parables, there, there's four really handy ways to, to deal with that. The four rules to the gospel, <laughs> folks. Here you go. In the corner now. <laughs> um, well played, sir. <laughs> but but there, there are four helpful approaches then. How about that? No, we're not going to do it. There are four laws right. to the gospel. Nah. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. Not just dig your yeah, hole, just go. Hole. You're in the hole, just go right, with so it. Here's the deal about parables. Just First go with and it. foremost, parables are about Jesus, not you. If you can do the whole parable and not find Jesus in it, you're doing it wrong. Start over. Also, parables are about Jesus. That means he doesn't just sort of show up in the background as an object for you to somehow do something with. They're about Jesus. He's the subject. So if he's not the main actor inside of this, again, stop. You're doing it wrong. Uh, second, because the parables are... Uh, are mysteries. They, they contain the, the kingdom of God in, in mystery so that we would actually wrestle with them. Uh, it's really easy to get off base with a parable. Like we said, you can look at a parable and, and, and pretty sure you figured it out and have nothing but moralism and no Jesus at all. So um, you can wrestle with, with the parables and come up with stuff that just doesn't, well, fit the rest of the scriptures. So the second law to understand the gospel is don't contradict yes, the clear yes. word of God. So if you have a clear word of God that tells you, for example, um, I have no desire in the death of the wicked, but that they would turn from their way and be saved. And you've done a parable and wrestled with a parable and have convinced yourselves that God wants certain people damned, that he has elected them to condemnation. Again, stop. The clear word of God would contradict that. So go back to the clear word of God. Um, third, if you want to actually start to figure out the parable, understand God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so if he's bringing you the kingdom of God and you want to see the kingdom of God in action, look for the thing that doesn't actually work in real life. Um, we, we mentioned that uh, the, this one, uh, this text that we had today, it's planted right between this, the parable of the, the sower and the seed. Planted. You see what I did there? You're not laughing. Um, it was that lame. was lame. <laughs> the sower and the seed is a parable of, of, of a sower who, who throws seed on the road. Farmers don't do that. If you want to see where God's thoughts differ from our thoughts and his ways differ from our ways, you might actually start to see where the kingdom is brought to you. So when you're dealing with a parable, look for the thing that's weird, that, that doesn't make sense in real life, and you might just find God at work. Um, and fourth, when we're given these characters, um, don't take the analogy too far. When you're given the, these, um, the, these analogies, find the truth in them, but, but you can lean too hard on it and end up in some really weird spots. So there, there's a point in time where you just kind of have to, to say, um, all, all of these things will break down if you lean too hard on them. So just hear them for what they are. Wrestle with them to find more of God's word. <clears throat> so when, when we're reading parables and hearing parables, uh, again, like I said, uh, naturally we want to hear them as something else. And, and they're, they're almost always billed as something else, right? They're billed as, as a certain thing, uh, and, and that's how we've learned it. Not only because our natural inclination is to hear it as a moralistic thing, but a lot of times we grew up uh, in situations where that's the only way that they've been taught. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's confusing. And so then for the very first time, when you hear a parable uh, uh, spoken about differently, 
from from a gospel perspective as opposed uh, to the law perspective, uh, you you either want to buck against it or you're completely flabbergasted, and you've got no idea what to do with with this parable because you're hearing it uh, different in, uh, for the first time, kind of like arachnophobia. Do you remember? Do you remember the movie Arachnophobia? No. I do with John Goodman, right? <laughs> yes. Well, he was a side character, but everybody remembers John Goodman, right? Because he's the uh, uh, he's the the yeah. pest control guy, right? There's these super super spiders, right? And uh, and anyways, they were uh, they were bad and they were killing people, and and they they came from they came from uh, uh, what South America and. Uh, they were bad. They were bad. I don't care about the the movie. That's not my point. I'm not. I'm not here to 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 dive back in. No. Do you remember how uh, when you were watching TV uh, again a '90s reference um, and and they were showing uh, they were showing advertisements for arachnophobia? Do you remember how that was? How they how they how they build it? No. Hearing, I obviously don't you don't. Seeing, I don't perceive. <laughs> They build arachnophobia as uh, as this uh, comedy, right? Because John Goodman's on it. He was on Roseanne, and they show the funny part where he steps on the spider. And there's like three laugh out loud parts of the whole movie, and that's how they build a movie in the advertisements in the trailers. And then you go to the movie, and it's not uh, a comedy at all. And you're like, ah, this is like a, a PG, yeah, it's a PG horror movie, right? Uh, that's it's not what I was expecting at all. Uh, parable of the sower being about Jesus. What? What are you doing? It's so weird. When you go into these things, I forget what we're talking about, and I have to try really hard to remember what it is because they don't make any sense anyway. But you're saying then that, um, for example, I don't know, maybe the Pharisees, upon hearing the parables, uh, got really frustrated um, because, well, they were they were confused by them um, because as Jesus would use them, he's not using them to give more law. He's using them to, to point to himself. He's using them to justify his I, I, kingdom, right? No, I think so. And and, and that's the thing, like, uh, on, on, on two, two different hands. On one hand, they will, uh, they'll hear this and they'll be looking for some sort. Jesus is a rabbi, right? Rabbis are supposed to make things clear to their people, supposed to kind of give them the 10 best steps for being a good Jew and all of this sort of stuff. And so Jesus is, is especially at the beginning of his, his, of his ministry, when he's beginning to speak about these parables, he'll give these parables. And I think you're right. The Pharisees get... They get frustrated because they're hearing the parable, and when you really break it down, you can't moralize it because there's that, like you said, there's that weird thing in the parable that doesn't fit. If it's a moralistic thing, there's always something weird in that parable. There's always the 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 odd thing, the foolish thing that nobody can make sense of if it's an ethical thing. And then on the other hand, and this is I think later on in Jesus' ministry when when the Pharisees and, and the scribes and the Sadducees uh, have a better picture of who Jesus is and they really don't like him and they're plotting against him, they can they can sense that Jesus says some parables against yeah. them. Like they're players in the parables and they're always the bad ones. And they can see that and they really don't like it. It well, really I makes mean, them the, mad. Here's the thing though. It's, the parables were given um, to, to confound those who would um, not understand. Um, they were given to, to confound, to, to confuse those who would want to justify themselves by the law. Because the parables are of the gospel. 
Uh, the, the whole point that the Pharisees would get more and more frustrated with this is because over and over again, they would take themselves into the parable and they say, all right, so I'm the main player. How does this work for me? And Jesus says, all right, you want to be the guy? Well, here's what it looks like when you're the guy. The law kills. Um, and this is actually what Isaiah says as Jesus would quote him. Um, Jesus grabs hold of I Isaiah chapter 6 uh, where uh, the prophet stands before the Lord in the Holy of Holies and, and uh, we, we hear this one text every time uh, somebody wants to talk about missions, you know, here am I, send me. And uh, we, we think this is really great uplifting thing that we get to go and share the good news of Jesus. Um, but then the Lord would continue uh, when he sends Isaiah to say, um, well, cool. Here's what you're going to do. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is a desolate waste and the Lord removes people far away and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land and though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. That, that we want this great news. Oh, it's fantastic. Because we're like, I want to go and, and like passage. build people up and he goes, no, cut them down. <laughs> it's just gorgeous. Um, and, and we... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, people aren't going to love you if we do this law stuff. Well, remember the remember the context of of what Isaiah is doing. Like historically speaking, uh, he's he's uh, the Lord raises up this prophet in the midst of a generally speaking a good point in time for the people of Judah. Right? They they're not under anybody's thumb. Uh, they're they're living pretty high on the hog. That's a horrible reference. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. But nobody's ever heard it before who's listening to us. Anyway, I think that means they're they're living pretty good. They can't even touch um, the hog. And, yeah. oh, man, that would be the worst. They can't touch the hog? That would be the worst place. That would be a That would be horrible for them. You're right. That's true. Oh, man. But they're doing That's all right. funny. <laughs> they're doing all right. Uh, and... Then uh, Yahweh sends this this prophet, and and he says, uh, "Okay, uh, you're gonna preach, and uh, and you're gonna preach some really confusing things." And the reason is because I'm not their only God anymore. They're looking elsewhere. They they are a a uh, a people who have sought after other gods, and they know nothing of me anymore. And so I need you to go out there and crush them with the, this law before this, the gospel can ever be proclaimed to them again, because they're so uh, they're so secure in their sin. And this is what Isaiah does for his entire ministry, and the majority of it, everything's a okay. It's the craziest thing. Like, he's prophesying that horrible desolation is going to come to the land, and everybody's looking around going, ah, I think we're pretty good. I mean, my, my belly's full, and I got a nice house. I, I don't think so, Isaiah. I think you got that wrong. It's a mystery. Right, but the thing is, it's, it's also kind of revealed um, as you start to chew on this with that last little line, the holy seed is its stump. That when Isaiah is sent out to preach, um, he preaches law not to sort of make the people behave better, but to kill them. He preaches law so that we would not try and justify ourselves, so that looking in the mirror, we would see our sin and recognize this isn't going to go if it's on me. Um, when finally you are 
crushed by the law, you can start to see something. The holy seed is in the stump of Jesse. That that God himself joins himself to our sin, our, our misery, our, our fallen nature. He takes upon himself the sin of the world. And from the, the stump of Jesse, there is a new shoot that is the cross of Christ. That that our Lord is, is the gospel that, that is born of, well, him fulfilling the law for sinners. Uh, well, yeah, the, the stump of Jesse, that's the, yeah, like you said, that's the gospel. That's that's the, the pointing right, forward to Jesus. Isaiah sent, don't go out there and just build them up in their, their sin. Don't even go out there and just make them feel good about the fact that, that I'm, I'm around. Lay waste to all of the idolatry. Lay waste to all of the ideas that you can do this by yourself. Lay waste to the parables that you would turn into fables to teach you how to behave until all that's left is the gospel. All that's left is, is Jesus. Yeah. Because, uh, and again, this is, we are no different uh, than the people of the Old Testament. None of us are. Uh, in, in which we want to, uh, the sinner in us wants to be the cause uh, of our own salvation. And that's how we want to hear, even God's word, that's how we want to hear it. Uh, in in so far as, oh, Jesus is telling this parable, uh, it must be something cool because uh, it's a parable, so that's neat. So let's let's perk up our ears and let's let's find the the hidden nugget that's going to uh, explain how I can uh, I can work my way to heaven. Uh, how how or or at least how I could be a better person, right? So the parable of the Good Samaritan is is about loving my neighbor, and that's it. Well, not really. Right. I mean. This is Not why really I at all. Theology from the parables doesn't work well because everybody will grab hold of it and convince themselves they understand it right. So when we want to take with the parables, um, but yeah, I do. Welcome to season two of the Uncultured Saints. Um, <laughs> when, when we grab the parable, we want to actually start with what we already know from God's word and apply that to what we don't. When we, when we go into the parables, we want to take everything that we've already been taught to be true about our God and bring that knowledge into the parable so that we might start to wrestle with the mysteries within it. Um, and, and this is why a Baptist and a Lutheran will grab hold of the same parable and come out with radically different things. We're taking in different understandings about who God is. Oh, goodness. This is, what, this is why a Lutheran and a Lutheran will sit here and argue about what the parable of the Good Samaritan is Season about. two of the Uncultured Saints. <laughs> well, hopefully we're going to be on the same side of most of these things. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we're, somebody's getting fired. Neither of us get paid. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe we'll both get raises. <laughs> double. Double. Triple. Double. Paid yeah, double. Joke too. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. But, but, um, what, but, I forgot what we were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is why a Baptist oh, and a Lutheran can sit here and, and argue. Go, Baptist because and Lutheran. Because we're both walking in with different understandings about how God works. Um, to, to come into this saying, God wants you to behave and live your best life now, and I'm going to take that knowledge into the parable and look for that truth, is a different thing from Christ died on the cross for sinners of whom I have chief. Um, that That's going to be a different understanding. Um, if you go looking for works, well, hearing you'll not perceive. The, or hearing you'll not understand, seeing you'll not perceive. If you go looking for Jesus, the kingdom of God will be revealed to you, which is, again, actually the whole point of the book, not even just the parables, right? No, it is. Um, if, you, if you flip or scroll or whatever you do to go forward in your Bible uh, to Matthew 13, <laughs> Matthew 13, uh, uh, 34, um, it says uh, it's something interesting here. Uh, Matthew says, all these things Jesus said to the crowd in parables. So uh, the, before this, he, he said three parables, right? 
Uh, Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Now, I'm not saying what Jesus doesn't say a single thing outside of parables, but I'm saying that Jesus doesn't say a single thing outside of parables. And insofar as if he's come to proclaim the gospel and the gospel is a mystery and it's foolishness, right? And stumbling blocks, as the Apostle Paul will talk about it in 1 Corinthians, uh, then the entirety of what he's come to proclaim, the entirety of the kingdom of God that he's come to proclaim, uh, is going to be this utter mystery. There, It's going to be a parable. It's going to be something uh, that, that doesn't make sense. There's going to be this weird, odd thing that I can't moralize, which is, again, many people, Goodness, many unbelievers, many Christian denominations moralize the entire life of Christ, right? That he's just uh, set up there to be this perfect example for us. Well, if that's all that Jesus is, well, then we've lost a savior. We've just gained a, a great example that I can't emulate. So I'm just right back where I was to begin with. Um, and hear us uh, carefully in this. It's not that Jesus just doesn't want the crowds to understand his kingdom. It's not that Jesus doesn't want them to be saved. It's that he wants to tear down those idols so that the pure preaching of the gospel can be built up. So that again, grabbing hold of the same parable that killed us with the law, we would be uplifted with the gospel. We would be strengthened and comforted with the gospel. Uh, Jesus isn't trying to keep people out of the kingdom. He's trying to get them in it. He's trying to show them that their works aren't going to get them there, but his will. And so, But you, but you only get in the kingdom if you're dead first. Right. But, but that's the whole point of, of the religion, um, that, that Christ died and rose. And this is why the, cate- or the, the parables are catechetical in nature. Um, they, they teach us. Big word. Big uh, they word. They teach us uh, about God's kingdom, God's truths, God's doctrines in ways that actually um, we, we not only learn the basics of, but then start to wrestle with and see how they connect to one another and continue to grow in it. In the same way, uh, your small catechism, you have it memorized, Pastor, um, but that doesn't mean you're done with it. It means that as you continue to go back to this small catechism, you, you find more and more as the, the six chief parts would connect to each other. You, you find more and more within these, these uh, simple little truths that we can get seven-year-olds to memorize that, that is worth preaching over and over again so that we don't sort of leave behind the truth of God's word as revealed in our catechism, but we continue to wrestle with it so that we would find both the law and gospel. The, the parables actually work in much the same way. Uh, Jesus gives the crowds the parables uh, so that they would be taught yeah, and taught taught unto salvation, not not taught uh, so that they can have uh, uh, just you know seven extra uh, bits of knowledge that they that they can walk away from, but uh, taught and so salvation can be re- revealed to them. Uh, that's one side. That's one side of the uh, of of the coin. The other is going to be uh, if your heart is hardened, if you're still determined uh, to to walk your way to heaven uh, and, and to earn it. Uh, through your own good works, uh, it's just, these things are going to confound you. These things are going to just make it uh, all the more confusing, uh, because at the end of it, you're just it's, there's going to be something foolish there, and you're not going to like it. And when the cross is spoken to you, uh, you're going to hate it. You're going to despise it. You're and in that way, and I think this is important for us to see the parables that Jesus gives to us 
they're no different than a everything else that he says uh, everything else that the New Testament uh, speaks about. It's law and gospel sort of stuff, and uh, specifically gospel uh, through the work of Jesus Christ for us, which is why Paul talks about the cross being foolish, right? It's foolish, stumbling blocks. Um, but the entirety of Jesus Christ, the entirety of who he is, uh, his incarnation is a completely backwards, foolish weird odd way to go about this whole salvation thing born in a stable right to a knocked up teenage mom this is just this is just weird right no name town he's from can anything good come from nazareth no i like to say that when my when my son i named him that i I named him nazareth he whenever he does anything bad i say can anything good come from nazareth that's a kid that won't rebel at all. <laughs> and then, then my wife says, well, I don't know. Come and see. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you, didn't I? I'm a good dad. Yeah. On that <laughs> such a moment. Um, I, I think that's that's parables. So stick around for season two. We're going to grab uh, 14 parables, like, like you said, and uh, look for Jesus. Look for the gospel. Hopefully. Hmm. All right. We out. <laughs>